0: Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm also the co-editor of Dunking with Wolves, the Timberwolves site on the fan side of network. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Happy Thursday, everybody. Happy day three of four consecutive days of NBA play-in game action. Today, I want to start the show by talking about Wednesday's games, which were infinitely more entertaining than Tuesday's games, the Western Conference um, 7, 8, and 9, 10 games. We'll talk about those first and what went down there. Then I want to get into a couple more player reviews. And uh, yesterday on, on Wednesday's show, talked about the seasons for Jarek Culver and Jalen Noel. Today, I want to talk about Jake Lehman and Wancha Hernan Gomez and uh, you know, what their campaigns looked like. I'm going to assign grades based on how I feel, letter grades based on how I feel they played this year, or, and also, obviously, in light of expectations. Um, what what was expected of Jake Lehman and Wancha Hernan Gomez the start of the year compared to where they finished, and also, what's the outlook for next year? What's the likelihood either players on the team next year? Could they be traded? Um in their case, they're both under contract, so they're very likely to be on the team, but but what could their role be next season? Um, so we'll talk about all that here today. A quick reminder off the top, you can follow this show anywhere you listen to podcasts that includes Apple, Google, Spotify, and of course the all-new Odyssey app that's Odyssey spelled A-U-D-A-C-Y. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown T-Wolves or at B Beacon. That's B Beacon Two B's Two E's C K E N. Okay. In regards to the playing game, so after we saw the the games on Tuesday that were just not all that compelling, Indiana's extremely easy win over Charlotte, nearly wire to wire double digit win, Boston's win over Washington that was was close uh, for roughly the first quarter uh, half, you know, uh, two and a half quarters or so, um, but ended up being an eighteen point margin. On on Wednesday, we got a four point game and a three point game. We could start with the with the Spurs Grizzlies game. This this thing wasn't close for most of it. The Spurs were down pretty significantly, uh, but then they went on a big run. I think it was seventeen nothing run in the second quarter and and made things obviously interesting in the second half. Uh, this was a twenty or excuse me a nineteen point game at the end of the first quarter at halftime. It's a seven point game, and uh, it became much more of a grind in the second half. Scoring was a lot less easy, and the Spurs then hung around. Um, it, it just wasn't quite, there's less star power in this game, obviously, than there was in in the Lakers Warriors game. Um, The Grizzlies got a fantastic performance from Jonas Valanciunas, who was on the bench for most of of the big run by the Spurs in the third quarter. He had 23 points, 23 rebounds, three blocks, and was a plus 26 in a game that the Grizzlies only won by four. Uh, John Morant wasn't outstanding. He had 20 points on 20 shots, four turnovers, uh, but he played a team high 41 minutes, and obviously he's a big part of is very central to everything that they do. Dylan Brooks was great, and and he had a, a disappointing season. I think if you talk to Grizzlies fans, um, he did not have the season that he was expected to have, and actually didn't even dominate the Wolves when they played each other. Remember in the nineteen twenty season, it seemed like every time the Wolves played the Grizzlies, Dylan Brooks went off. But he was good in this game: twenty four points, seven rebounds, three assists, two steals, ten to twenty one shooting, and uh, wasn't hot from three necessarily. It was over three outside the arc, but. Um, but was really good. And and outside of Valanciunas was probably the best player on the floor for the Grizzlies. Um, And those rookies that killed the Timberwolves just a couple weeks ago, Desmond Bain played 25 minutes off the bench. Xavier Tillman only played 10 minutes um, as, as Memphis shortened their bench a little bit in terms of minutes, at least for the playoffs or for the play in, I should say. Um, Brandon Clark didn't play. He's somebody who I've always liked and and killed the Timberwolves uh, in the past, but still those young, young kind of role-player type guys for the Grizzlies, they were still carried by, you know, John Morant, Jonas Valanciunas, Dylan Brooks, and, and also the other starters in Jared Jackson, Kyle Anderson. Good to see Jared Jackson healthy again, too, by the way. Um, but but those, I mean, Tillman and, and Bain were late first-round picks this year and played a big role on on Memphis' team that finished the regular season 38-34 uh, and, and and is now... Um, advancing to the the second play-in game. They'll take on the Golden State Warriors. That was the second game on Wednesday night. Golden State fell to the Warriors by, by, excuse me, Golden State fell to the Lakers by three points um, in in a really entertaining game. I mean, Golden State was up double digits at halftime, 13 at halftime, and the Lakers stormed back in the third. Um, Steph Curry was phenomenal. Andrew Wiggins had a solid game. He was a little quiet down the stretch, but very good early. And, um, and, of course, LeBron was phenomenal, too. Uh, it, it just a very, very entertaining game. Um, and the Lakers desperately wanted to escape with a win. And it, it seemed like they wanted it more simply because uh, they had the— I mean, LeBron and Anthony Davis need that need that extra day, right? Uh, they didn't need to be playing. They needed to just secure that seven seed and, and be done with it. They, they didn't need to be messing with another playing game. You can say that about any team, obviously, but um, very clearly— this was important for them to get an extra day of rest for, you know, banged up guys like LeBron and AD. Um, but they were the entire offense. Dennis Schroeder had a really tough game. He shot three of 14, one of six outside the arc. He wasn't able to defend Steph Curry, which is obviously defensible because nobody can defend Steph Curry really, but he didn't play down the stretch and crunch time because they couldn't keep him on the floor with his, his, uh, lack of ability to provide any resistance. Um, so it ended up really being Alex Caruso that guarded Curry. He got a key turnover against him down the stretch, uh, knocked the ball off Curry's leg out of bounds, and was solid offensively and really outplayed Dennis Schroeder. It'd be interesting to see that moving forward if if the Lakers mess with that, if, even if it's not the starting lineup. I mean, they and they play Schroeder and Caruso together a lot. They each played 30 minutes in this game. But that was interesting um, down the stretch in this game. And, and Curry... Curry was great. I mean, he had 37 on 23 shots, seven rebounds. He did have three assists and, and six turnovers. But without him, this thing's not even a game. In fact, he was one of only two Warriors players with a positive plus minus. Wiggins was the other with a plus one. Um, and Wiggs had 21 points and 18 shots, only had three rebounds, two assists, and a block. But a good game from Wiggins and, and good to see him. You know, he's always played well when they're matched up against LeBron. When he's matched up against LeBron, LeBron had 22, 11, and 10 triple-double. Um, Davis had 25 and 12, um, but down the stretch when this was a tie game, LeBron was the one that hit the, the, really the desperation three-pointer over Curry at the shot clock buzzer with just under a minute to play from the Staples center logo on the right side of the floor. Um, big shot. And then they came down, play defense, Jordan Poole missed a wide open corner three. And that was basically it at that point. Um, you know, the, the Warriors did get a final possession where Steve Kerr waited to call a timeout. They had to sideline out of bounds, Uh, inbound the ball and couldn't get it into curry the lakers defended it well looked like there could have been a little bit of of contact there not allowing curry to catch Um, some controversial officiating down the stretch but for the most part i think this thing turned out the way that it should have the lakers were just a little bit better um, late in this game and lebron was was the best player on the floor when he needed to be Um, so really fun and now we'll get on uh, here on thursday We'll get Indiana and Washington, two teams that finished the regular season in four games under five hundred at 34 and 38 in the Eastern Conference. It's a 7 p.m. tip on TNT. Um, I would imagine the Pacers, I don't know the status of Karis LeVert. Remember, he missed the game on Tuesday due to health and safety protocols, but certainly if he plays, Indiana would have to be the favorite here in my mind. And then Friday, we'll get to see Warriors-Grizzlies, which should be a ton of fun. Steph first, John Morant. you know Dylan Brooks and uh, and Andrew Wiggins may get matched up a little bit against one another, which should be fun. Jonas Valanciunas, um, what's his impact going to be against a team that doesn't really play traditional bigs at all? And Valanciunas is obviously far more of a traditional big um, or falls into that category more so than, say, a Kavan Looney. But what is the Warriors' counter going to be? And, and will the Grizzlies – certainly the Grizzlies are not going to not play Valanciunas as much. So what does that back and forth – what does the coaching look like um, – as uh you know as as these teams are trying to match up for for a do or die game uh, quite literally whoever's going to get the the eighth well, i guess not literally but whoever's going to get the eighth seed in the Western Conference. Um, so those should be fun games, Thursday and Friday. We'll obviously talk about those. Um, af- what happens in those games here on the show. So uh, enjoy enjoy playing basketball. I'm still a fan. I think it's great. I think it's a lot of fun, um, and I think the NBA did a good job putting these together. Um, okay, next what I want to do is I want to get into season reviews for Jake Lehman, Juancho Hernan Gomez. We'll start with Lehman. Um, that'll be the one we do here first. Before we get to Jake, though, let's talk about our friends at rockauto.com. With the ever increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning in and wait while well, the person at the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand that their warehouse happens to carry? You have a computer with access to RockAuto.com both at home and in your pocket. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do it yourselfers, but RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and they're reliably low rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login, their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle. Choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer. And again, best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. They're the exact same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the exact same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Okay, let's continue our player review season player grade series from the season, uh, just doing a segment on each player. And I, I didn't really set this up super well on Wednesday, but basically what I'd like to do is go through the entire roster. I, I'm not I'm not going to talk about Ed Davis. He's and I, obviously Ashton Heggins played in two games before he was released from the G League bubble. Um, I mean, Ed Davis, there's not much to say about Davis this season. He, uh, was good when he played. I mean, he was fine. It, obviously he's a little long in the tooth. We knew that heading into the season in his last year in or last season in Utah, he, when he played, he was just kind of fine. He was good, uh, when he got on the court and was a fantastic pick and roll defender. His minutes with D'Angelo Russell were underwhelming, mostly because, uh, this was billed as a great pairing because of their minutes together in Brooklyn, and Davis ended up only playing in 23 games. He did start seven games early in the season. And in, in, in the games that he played, he averaged, uh, let's see, what did he average per game? Uh, 13 minutes per game. And a, again, was fine. I mean, he had the weird, his shooting percentage in the paint was weirdly low, uh, but he continued to have just an astronomical rebound rate as he has throughout his career and rebound rate of 20.8%, which is 3.3 3 points higher than Vanderbilt um, and uh, 3.8 points higher than Carl Anthony Towns had for the year. So he's still going to have a job in this league as as a vet minimum type guy, maybe even a little bit more than that if there's a team that believes he could be a true backup five. I think at this point, he's more of a like a fifth big um, like he was for the Wolves this year where he's he gets in the game if if he needs to type of a thing. But he's a fantastic leader and all those things. So it wouldn't surprise that much if he was back as that end of the bench big. It's not like the Wolves have there's nobody else that really fits that bill and um davis i, I mean uh, by all accounts is a great locker room guy so don't be shocked if ed davis is back or if he has a similar role somewhere else i think those are i guess those are the options right i mean he's going to keep playing he's still only 31 um so at any rate it's hard to assign a grade to ed davis he is what he is and he's a, a great teammate a solid backup big man and a, a fantastic rebounder so um That's his season. Everybody else, besides him and Ashton Haggins, this is a different year for the Wolves. They only. 16 guys saw minutes, which is not that many compared to recent seasons that we've seen Minnesota trot out, you know, 20 plus guys. Um, so everybody else is going to get a grade. I talked uh, and I'm going roughly in reverse order of minutes played, not exactly, uh, but I did talk about Culver and Noel and they were 12th and 14th in minutes played. Uh, of course, Davis and Higgins were 15th and 16th in minutes played this year. So that means that today we'll talk about Lehman. He was 13th in minutes played and then Juancho Hernandez. Let's start with Jake Lehman. So Jake Lehman started the season as a starter for the Timberwolves after only playing, remember, he only played in 23 games last year and had had an injury very early in the season. The toe injury was actually quite good when he played. um, And he was decent when he came back very briefly right before the COVID-19 pandemic shut down the season. But there was hope that his ability as a cutter um, and as kind of a glue guy on offense and, and a solid team defender, not a great one, on one defender, but a solid team defender that he could really lift the, the level of play of, of the Timberwolves as a whole, because again, he's just kind of, he's just kind of a guy that can come in and be solid at most things, right? There's nothing that he's really terrible at. He doesn't put the ball on the floor a lot. Um, And he obviously isn't a high usage guy or distributing the ball or anything, but he's a good cutter. He's a good enough three point shooter. He's athletic. He's a good enough defender, certainly a good team defender. And so there was hope that that he could do those things. And he fell out of the rotation relatively quickly this year. He ended up only playing in 45 of the teams um, where they play 72 games. So more than half. He started 11 games, played 14 minutes a game and uh, shot under 30% from three, which was obviously disappointing, 29.5% from three. And the idea of him being a good three-point shooter is starting to seem iffier and iffier. We're now five years into his NBA career, and he's 30.6% from outside the arc. There was some belief that if he ever got consistent minutes, he could be a plus-type shooter, and that has not been the case. He's not even been league average for the most part. Last year's 33.3% was his career high. Um, and I, I think he's actually somewhat ironically. I think he fits what Chris Finch likes to do a little bit better than what Ryan Saunders was trying to do. Ryan Saunders was so fic- focused on pick and roll game and and all that, whereas Finch has far more off-ball action. Um, cutting and and spacing is more important, and even more important. It's always important, but more important with what Chris Finch does. And Layman just didn't see much action under Chris Finch. And that was mostly because at that point in the season, Jalen Owell had seen minutes and had Proven that he was worthy to be playing, we had seen um, uh, Jared Vanderbilt, Jade McDaniel's had all emerged early in the season. Those guys weren't getting minutes, and so Layman was by default in the rotation. But after Chris Finch took over as head coach, uh, we barely saw um, we barely saw Layman take the floor. I mean, with Chris Finch's coach, Layman played in just twenty four games, averaged thirteen minutes a game, and shot only twenty five point six percent outside the arc. did a lot of his damage in transition. And again, as a, as a low usage guy, that's what he's going to do. So it's tough to look at the season as anything but a disappointment for Lehman. I mean, there were stretches early in the season where he was getting more minutes. Um, you know, not long before, uh, before Ryan Saunders was fired, we saw him, we saw Lehman see some more minutes early March, kind of just pre all-star break right around the all-star break, I guess. And he had a couple of solid games and there are a couple of double digit performances and, And the athleticism is still there and the ability is still there. I I think he's probably on this team next year unless he's added to, you know, as as part of a larger deal because his salary's, only, I think he's what, 3.9 million next year. It's something very reasonable. Let me pull it up real quick. Um, but he's got one more year left on that three-year sign and trade deal that that he signed with Portland when he was traded to Minnesota uh, in summer of 19. Uh, yeah, 3.94 million next year after getting just 3.76 million this year. So for what Lehman brings to the table, that's a pretty reasonable salary. He's also... It's not a big enough salary to really be a big deal in a trade, but it's also more than some of the non-guaranteed guys like the Nas Reeds and the Jalen O'Wells and uh, you know those types of players, Jordan McLaughlin, who's going to be a restricted free agent. So Lehman could be included as part of a bigger deal, but he's certainly not the focal point. Nobody's seeking him out and trading a second-round pick for him. Um, the Wolves would obviously jump at that opportunity. That's not going to happen. I think it's far more likely he's on the team and he's a depth guy and probably isn't a rotation player at the start of the season but the way that he plays is he should theoretically be able to jump in at any point and be a solid enough bench guy. So if there's injuries, if, say, Jalen Noel starts the year as, as a rotation guy on the wing and obviously Anthony Edwards and Malik Beasley and you've got D'Lo and maybe Rubio, um, now you're looking at Lehman fighting with Jaden McDaniels and Jared Vanderbilt for minutes. And at this point, it's hard to justify either one of those guys losing minutes to Jake Lehman. So Lehman may be the 10th player next year or the 11th player off the bench or 11th player uh, on the depth chart, which is fine. I mean, I think that that's actually probably the best role for him. And that's where he was at times with Portland. Um, and it's back to, I guess, what his issue was in Portland. He wasn't getting consistent minutes and therefore couldn't produce. But the problem is that when he's gotten them in Minnesota, he hasn't been a consistent enough shooter or, or overall uh, consistent enough production to to justify him getting more minutes. Um, for his season, I'm gonna have to give him a C plus. He just... Was didn't do what he needed to do when he was on the court, and and ultimately didn't keep getting opportunities because of it. But I again, still a decent rotation player, still not a bargain of a contract, but it's not certainly not an albatross. It's only three point nine million next year, so I think it's likely he's on the team unless he's included in a, in a larger deal. Um, and and Jake will get one more shot at a, another season with the Timberwolves. Okay. Next, I want to talk about Wancho Hernan Gomez and his season after resigning a, a pretty large contract in restricted free agency last summer. So we're going to talk about Wancho here coming up next. First though, let's talk about our friends at betonline.ag. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season, of course, is in full swing. You can track all the action at Bet Online. Also, all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, and all your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news sign up bonuses and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs, head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code locked on. Again, that's promo code locked on for 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Let's also talk about Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar is the best-tasting protein bar of all time, hands down, no question about it. it. Tastes just like a candy bar. There's nine delicious flavors to choose from. Right now, my favorites are coconut, coconut almond, mint brownie, and salted caramel. There's something for everyone. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can't. Just get a mixed box. You'll get two of each of the nine flavors. From there, decide your favorite, and you can order an entire box. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, just 130 calories, and only four grams of sugar, also only four grams net carbs, Right now, you can go to builtbar.com, use the promo code LOCK15, you'll get 15% off your first order. You won't be disappointed. That's builtbar.com promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your first order. Okay, uh, let's talk about Wancho Hernan Gomez. So Wancho last offseason was a restricted free agent. There was kind of this thought that the Wolves may try and bring him back. Maybe it would be Six, seven million ish at the most, maybe less. Maybe he'd have a role as the starting four in this team moving forward. He had a pretty strong close to the year after he was traded to Minnesota. And he ended up getting paid a little bit more in terms of average annual value than I think anyone expected, but it was effectively only a two year deal. And despite his terrible play at the start of the season, and, and if you had said in January, like in January, it would have been fair to be like, okay, this contract looks terrible how could they possibly give him 21 million dollars well remember this was less than 6.5 this year it's only 7. Point, uh, not even 7.1 next is about 7 million next year but then there's a team option for the 22-23 season at 7.5 million so it's effectively a two year 13 and a half million dollar deal and no he did not play up to expectations this year so that's that's where we're going to land here with this player review for the season and player grade it's not going to be too pretty however The good version of Wancho that we saw for some stretches, mostly after Chris Chris Finch took over as head coach, is the version of Wancho that the Timberwolves thought they were re-signing. Remember, he started the year not in shape. He, uh, wasn't, most of the guys were somewhat out of shape after having a weird end of the season last year. They obviously couldn't do team and group workouts throughout the summer due to the COVID-19 situation. And then he missed the mini bubble in Minneapolis due to a previous commitment, filming a movie with Adam Sandler. And he wasn't part of that. He also had to be careful working out due to, um, his, his contract situation, right? I mean, he was going into a contract negotiation, whatever was going to happen when the offseason finally did start because he was in limbo. Remember, everybody that was going to be a free agent didn't know when free agency was going to happen. They had to be very careful with what they were doing. Um, and so Juancho started the season. It was only a two-game preseason. There was no real training camp, no real ramp up. He had a bad preseason. He only played 16, 17 minutes in the first two games, went scoreless in those two games. And then became part of the rotation. As we moved into January, he had a couple of solid performances. He dropped 25 points in a blowout. Well, it wasn't that, I guess it was only a seven point loss, but remember the wolves lost at Denver as part of that long stretch of, of double digit losses when towns wasn't available. Remember they lost, uh, what was it? Six in a row, all by seven or more points. The closest game during that stretch was in Denver against his former team. He made five threes, scored 25 points, had eight rebounds, but that was easily his best game of the season in terms of numbers. Um, and, over that stretch, the first 11 games of the season, he averaged 6.6 points, 5.3 rebounds, only shot 30.8% from three. Then he went out with uh, with a positive COVID-19 test and missed about a month. Um, came back, played one game on February 8th, missed a couple games, played a game on February 14th. And Wancho was out of the rotation when Ryan Saunders was fired in, in late February, Chris Finch shortly after getting the job talked about how he had Wancho in Denver very briefly. I think it was Hernan Gomez's rookie year and Finch, when he was the uh, associate head coach, offensive coordinator with the nuggets, um, but Finch was familiar with Wanchai Hernan Gomez and talked about how he's excited to have him on the team. And, and so he was very quickly back in the rotation, saw his minutes ramp up, had a couple of solid scoring games late in March. And, you know, the minutes fluctuated a little from four or five, a game all the way up to 35. in one instance, Uh, he played in every game, but one, um, the rest of the way under Chris Finch. Um, there were, there were a couple very early on in his tenure where he didn't play and it was still working his way back in terms of conditioning, but once he rejoined the rotation mid-March, he only missed one game the rest of the season. And that was, uh, that was due to a, a minor injury that he sat out. It wasn't a, a coach's decision, you know, did not play coach's decision. So a solid close to the season for Juancho. If we look at March 13th, when he rejoined the rotation in significant minutes through the rest of the season, his per game averages went up to 7.9 points, 3.8 rebounds, and he shot 33.3% outside the arc. Obviously, the Wolves expected him to shoot the ball better from deep um, from that stretch for that stretch and also for the season. This was a career, um, well, I guess it wasn't a career worst. He had that that his second season, he only played 25 games and shot 28% from three. But in terms of a season where he played the majority of the games, this was his worst shooting year. He was 34% last year. Between Denver and Minnesota, of course, he was 42% from three in the 14 games after the trade. He was 32.7% this year. For his career, he's 35.1%. So the Wolves are going to expect him to shoot in the 35, 36, 37% range moving forward. I think he's still on this team next year because I think Chris Finch wants him to be. He also adds a dynamic in terms of his shooting ability that obviously Jared Vanderbilt doesn't add to the team. We saw Chris Finch play Wancho a lot at the three down the stretch of the season, which is not something that Ryan Saunders ever really did with him at all. Um, And and to be fair, Saunders... Only coached him for what uh, I don't know twenty some games between last year and this year, given the shortened season last season and the COVID night or and uh, Wancho's COVID test this year, but almost a quarter of his minutes, according to Basketball Reference, came at the three at the small forward spot, Um, and all all of that under Chris Finch. So. If Chris Finch thinks he can defend well enough to play the three at the NBA level, we could see him play with Jared Vanderbilt to add some shooting when Vando's at the four and Vanderbilt obviously then is going to be relied upon to to add a rebounding edge. And Wancho's going to out-rebound most threes that he plays. I mean, he's not a great rebounder at the four, but he should be at the three. And if the Wolves think that that's, that's palatable to, to play Wancho heavy minutes at the three, then that's what we're gonna see a lot more of next year. He's probably not the starting four next to Carl Anthony Towns. That's very likely Jade McDaniels or Jared Vanderbilt's job to lose. And Wancho's the more offensive-minded, um, You know, both Vando and, and McDaniels are far superior defenders to Wancho, and uh, at least in in Vanderbilt's case, a superior rebounder. Nas Reed's gonna play some minutes at the four. So if Wancho's on this team next year, it's probably... I would say at least half of his minutes are going to come as a small forward, uh, which he did a little bit earlier in his career. um, And now the pendulum is kind of swinging back towards these bigger lineups. At least that's what we've seen from Chris Finch. Um, He's probably not extremely tradable either getting 7 million next year, but remember that's effectively an expiring contract too. So if the wolves somehow get part of it, become part of a bigger deal, watch those 7 million could get included to match salaries. If, if, again, somehow the Wolves managed to land a bigger piece. Otherwise, if he falls out of the rotation next year, he's a he's a piece to move at the deadline with an expiring deal um, and a $7.5 million team option for 22-23. Unless he has a monster year next year, though, he's very likely going to hit free agency next summer. Um, so overall, a disappointing season for Juancho. The year got started off on the wrong foot because of the lack of a training camp, his his absence in the bubble, the uh, lack of ability to condition himself in the offseason, and then the positive Of COVID tests in January. So he was a little behind the eight ball due to all those things, mostly out of his control, I would say. Um, But still, I mean, this season can't be looked at as anything other than a disappointment for Juancho, uh, you know, as we said about Jake Lehman earlier. So I'm going to give Juancho a a C for this season. He just didn't bring what he needed to bring. um, And I think he'll still have every opportunity to win a rotation role, even if it's not as a starter next year. And I, I also don't think the 7 million looks that terrible. It's, it's a little bit of an overpay if this is how Wancho is going to play, if he's going to be an average three point shooter and, and nothing more and and not contribute much defensively or on the glass. But if that number ticks upward a little bit and and he can play the three effectively, then, then 7 million is not crazy. Um, and, and obviously he, the team won't likely be picking his option up for 22, 23, but, uh, we'll visit that, I guess, in about 12 months or so. Okay. That's all we have for you today here on the show later this week. I want to talk more rookie of the year. I want to talk, um, uh, more player reviews as well as we, as we gear up for the rest of this off season, obviously playing games as well. So tonight on, uh, on Thursday night, we've got the Eastern conference game, uh, between the wizards and the. Indiana Pacers, so expect that to be a high scoring affair. Should be fun to watch. And then the big one on Friday between Golden State and Memphis for the Western Conference, the AC in the Western Conference. So we'll talk about all that here on the show, of course. As always, thanks once again for listening to the show. If you're not already subscribed or following, you can do that anywhere you like to listen to podcasts. That of course includes Apple, Google, Spotify, and the all new Odyssey app. You can also follow on Twitter at Locked T Wolves or at B Beacon on Twitter. That's B E E C K E N. Um, of course, Lockdown Wolves is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Today's episode was brought to you by Michelob Ultra at only two point six carbs and ninety five calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. That's all we have for you today. Thanks once again for listening. My name is Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves Podcast, and we'll catch you next time. Hey, reminder about Locked On Today. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, Steph Curry wasn't enough for the Warriors against the Lakers. You can get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you listen to podcasts.